Tracy and you, Dominic, you know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Download the 77 WABC app. And coming up at 45 minutes past the hour, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter, where my daughter will join me for the first time in a broadcast setting. Calling in this morning from Rhode Island. We will talk about what it's like being a parent, a mom, or a dad post-COVID, dealing with school-aged children, and we'll discuss her new kids' book. But I'm also going to ask her a few direct questions. Like, how would her mom and I respond if she or her brother ever, 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 ever use the N-word. I'm going to ask my daughter, how would her parents respond if her brother ever wore his jeans halfway down his backside? And I'm going to ask my daughter, what would happen if she or her brother, were ever disrespectful to a police officer. And a lot of things, folks, as we all know, have been said publicly about Donald Trump. But I will also ask my daughter, I can't wait to get her on the phone this morning, about the telephone conversation that she received as a freshman a scared freshman up at Syracuse University and the person on the other end of the phone, and she had no idea the call was going to come. The person on the other end of the phone was Donald Trump himself calling to check on a college-age freshman who was homesick and away four hours from our house, up at Syracuse University. So my daughter is going to join me for the first time ever, coming up at about 1245. The subjects that we are dealing with this morning, the New York City mom, and I see your calls, folks. We're going to get to them uh, in just a few minutes. We're taking your calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. The... New York City mom suspected of drowning her three kids was facing eviction and battling custody issues. I feel really bad for the children and for the mother. The truth is her story hits a little too close to home for me on a personal level. And I almost didn't discuss it, but I, this morning on air, but I have to be fair to the situation. If it wasn't so personal to me, I definitely would be discussing this. And the reason why it's personal to me is that those kids that are now deceased are me. That, Mom, that is in serious trouble, in need of uh, psychiatric help, that was my mother. And if not for the experts that intervened, anyone, they, they say never judge a book by its cover or completely by its cover. And anyone, if you've read my book, 
then then you know what you what you hear and see what you see on television what you hear on the microphones that's not my humble beginnings my humble beginnings are exactly what happened to those three kids in which the mom uh, apparently owed more than $10,000 in back rent. I recall as a little boy uh, with my mentally ill mom, we would move all the time because rent was due and she did not have the money. And so we will get to that. Then it's silly season when it comes to race issues. It is silly season. First, Chick-fil-A, and then the mayor of New Orleans, Louisiana. So a Twitter user tweeted at the fast food chain Friday, grilled spicy deluxe but no spicy nuggets at Chick-fil-A. And a direct response to the person that tweeted, the official Twitter account for Chick-fil-A responded, now pay attention, folks, your community, keyword, your community will be the first to know if spicy items are added to the permanent menu, Don. That was the person that tweeted. So now Chick-fil-A is being called racist, And Chick-fil-A is on the ropes apologizing the entire routine because they said, your community. It was taken by some to mean that it was a direct reference to chicken and black folks. How could you make a connect? And it's all over. It was on the Today Show. It, it, it's all over online. It's on news articles everywhere. It's in the New York Post. All Chick-fil-A said was, I mean, this is really silly season. All Chick-fil-A said was, quote, your community. Now, I think that's being respectful and localizing something to say when you know when we when we move forward forward with this your community will be one of the first that's localizing the it now it's racial you can't say your community and then the mayor of new orleans oh madam mayor so the democratic mayor of new orleans is refusing to reimburse the almost $30,000 of taxpayer money she has spent upgrading flights to first class or business class despite a city policy. Despite a city policy. And this is after she insists that she upgraded. I'm sorry for laughing. She 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 insists that she upgraded the flights for her safety as a black woman. That's why she says that she upgraded the flights. Now, the city policy says for the residents of uh, New Orleans city employees, you have 30 days. If you upgrade a flight, that's your choice to reimburse the city. So the mayor went to France and living a good life. And when it comes time to reimburse the city, she says that it was all done for her safety as a black woman. Her name, Mayor Latoya Cantrell, and she says she won't fork over the money And one of the upgrades was an $18,000 first-class trip to France over the summer. Over the summer. And and now her spokesman is saying, uh, and and, and there's a possible recall effort underway. Her spokesperson is saying, well, we don't believe that that policy applies 
uh, to, to the mayor. That's only for the little people. That's what they might as well say, the, the little uh, 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 city employees. But we don't believe that applies to the mayor. So, Matt, can, can you believe that Madam Mayor wants to define the policy for herself? Coach is, coach is rough, Dominic. You can get stuck in coach. I, I mean, I mean. I mean, they got no meal. <laughs> then you might get pretzels. No blanket, no pillow. I mean, coach, going to France? And, and on How's one, that? And on one of the flights, her staff member flew coach, but the, the mayor. And normally, right, I've traveled with mayors all over the world. Normally, the airlines, as a courtesy, they recognize the mayor, he or she, when they get on the flight, and the the airlines often will up upgrade them, uh, uh, you know, free of charge. Not not these days. Not it's not these price days. of gas now. No, no, and so not if you're the mayor. And so and so it, it's you know there's a lot going on, and this race thing is going way 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 too far. So I guess if you and I travel, uh, uh, we better not be in public office, right, and, and seek an upgrade and then say we're not going to pay for it, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why they didn't – why wouldn't they book business class in the first place? Uh, because the city won't pay for it. Oh, so then – The city won't pay so for the, it initially. So, so the city wouldn't pay for it, so then they, they – behind the go, ba- behind, They go right, behind the back right, to the upgrade. Backs, right, to upgrade. And now they don't want to pay for and it. And now they don't want to pay for it. You got it. Bingo. Wow. Thank you, Matt. Let's go to the uh, telephone calls, folks, and see what you have to say about all these issues, a number of issues going on. Let's go to uh, Harold in Bayonne. Good morning, Harold. What's on your mind? Dominic, how you doing? I'm doing well. What's going on, friend? Dominic, first I want to say I, I listen to you all the time. You're a great guy. I, 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 you know, man, I love to listen to you talk, and I want to say that I sympathize about what, what, what your mother my mother was a single mother. My father was murdered. And and all I want to say is that you're a great guy, and I love to listen to you, man. And I, I, I my heart goes out to you. You're a great guy, and we're all the same, bro. Well, That's all I got to say, you. right? Thank you, Harold. And I, I really appreciate the love, man. And, and it's it's uh, it, I send it right back to you. You really just touched my heart. I But I also want to say, folks, that I don't believe and um, – and feeling sorry for myself, and I certainly don't believe in excuses. No excuses. None. 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 Dave and Comac, good morning, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show. Yeah, hi, Dominic. I heard what you said about this thing, racism getting uh, out of control. Yes. You know, this, uh, the way people perceive things. Yes. The next thing you know, they're going to consider Black Friday to be a racist holiday. Hey, you know what? It it, it, it may it may be on the way, Dave. It, I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't get it. Chick Fil A says it will let your community. You know, I, I'm not. I'm paraphrasing right now. I think and, they meant plural. Right? They they meant it. It's a compliment. But the, people it, are basically what's the word? Reading too much between the lines. Yes, literally, literally. Right. Exactly right. I well, think it's, well, you know, that's, uh, I think that's part of the problem with regard to crime in the city, that the cops are afraid to do anything about anything because they'll be considered racist. Guff bit. They have right. to lock up somebody that's black. Right, right, right. Hey, Dave, I really appreciate your call. Thank you. Let's go from Comac to Yonkers. Let's say good morning to Al. Good morning, Al. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning to you, Dominic. You know, I just wanted uh, to say uh, I didn't read about it, but uh, you referred to it, and I'm going to look into it. Uh, Chick-fil-A, uh, when they made the reference to your community, uh, there was a backlash when that occurred. Uh, when, I, when I heard you mention this uh, story, I, I thought back to uh, 1996 when uh, Ross Perot, uh, as a third-party candidate, excuse me, 1992, Ross Perot, when he was running as a third-party candidate, as an independent for the presidency, he referred to, uh, in one of the debates or speaking in an interview, he uh, said, you people, a few times. And uh, some people got offended by that. So when I saw about Chick-fil-A, uh, it, flashed, it was a flashback for me with a Ross Perot. Interesting, Al. I I just think that this is going way, way, way too far. Again, I want to repeat the tweet from from Chick Fil A. 
your community will be the first to know if spicy items are added to the permanent menu gone. That's what the spokesperson said. And now Chick-fil-A, you know, uh, major corporate, they're running scared and they're apologizing. Yes, they are. And and apologizing for what? Exactly. For what? Innocent. Exactly. But, Al, I I appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to William now in Asbury Park. Good morning, William. What's on your mind? Good morning, Mr. Carter. I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana, born and raised. And I mean to tell you something, as far as Louisiana politicians go, it ain't nothing new there. They it's always, nothing new. They, they always looking for a way to get ahead and cheat and get hey, first I, I see. I see uh, a few mayors of uh, of uh, New Orleans have gone to jail. Yeah, yeah. There was, uh, I think his name was Bobby back in the 90s when I was growing up. It was a big issue. But the only thing new here is her using a race issue. And that's just, that's just beyond, uh, above and beyond really pathetic. And it really goes to show the division in society and the entitlement that some people have, especially politicians like Hochul with the, with the coronavirus testing kits charging, getting charged twice of what they should cost from a company that gave her 300000 towards her campaign. I mean, that's that's just above and beyond blatant corruption that they never would have got away with, I think, 20, 30 years ago. Governor Hoku uh, needs to walk a very fine line. Uh, this election is far from over, and yes, and she, she'd be, she needs to be very, very careful. Yeah, it kind of goes careful. to show that I think, man— the way they're acting and the blatantness, and the, it almost makes you think that they think the elections guaranteed the entitlement that they have. You know, it's on both sides, but especially some of the, the Democrats in the past ten years that have gotten elected. It's almost they think they can cheat their way to anything. Well, great assessment, William. And as we know in politics, nothing is guaranteed. I'm going right back to your telephone calls, but again, one of the other stories I'm covering this morning the brooklyn mom uh, suspected of drowning her three young children monday was facing eviction from her apartment battling custody issues and grappling with mental health woes before she allegedly killed the kids uh 30 year old aaron murdy of coney island now folks there are times when sometimes i'll have very little sympathy But I just want you to look at the other side of this situation. A young woman, um, obviously I don't know this woman, but she's in over her head and there's one child. Then next thing you know, there's two child, two children. Then next thing you know, there's three children. And then next thing you know, she's having mental health issues and she can't handle any of them. And then she has financial woes. And then she has problems with the uh, boyfriend. And so it, it just it just reminds me it's too, too close for comfort to my own situation. Because, and I, I know I shouldn't repeat this, my mother is uh, deceased now, but she went through the same type of financial hardships. And, and I remember as a little boy, and I, I'm not disparaging my mother's uh, legacy, but I remember uh, some of her male friends would come over, and uh, you know, I don't. And she would instruct me, and we didn't have anything to eat, and she would instruct me to stay in the living room, and then I'd stay in the living room, and the door would be closed to her bedroom, and then when the male would leave, then all of a sudden she had money to get us something to eat. And now as I look back at that, as a grown man, we, we, we all know what that is, right? But but th- this is what she had to do to survive. And it's funny how life works because, um, you know, she had no idea that her son would grow up to work in the capacity in which I do. And so this mother, Erin uh, Murdy, had been threatened with uh, being evicted since January after the state's COVID-19 eviction moratorium expired. Uh, She apparently told relatives that she drowned the kids. 
three-month-old Oliver, four-year-old Liliana, and seven-year-old Zachary on a nearby beach early Monday. And she had stopped apparently paying her $1,500 a month rent in July 2021. And uh, things were just not good. And she appeared unstable in recent years and had trouble uh, maintaining consistent relationships. All I'm saying is, folks, um, I, I just feel really, really bad about the situation. And um, the kids are gone, and now now, now she's uh, got to deal with life with the allegation of what she's accused of doing. And if you know anything about my story, and then I'm going to stop about this. Um, if you look at my mother's psychiatric records, I was headed to the same exact fate of these children until I was removed from custody uh, from my mother and placed in the New York City foster care system as a toddler until family members got me back. And I never returned to, uh, to full custody to my mother, uh, but when I was still around her, Awful things would happen, and I'm not going to discuss them right now on the radio because it's not the right forum, but it's all in the book. The book is titled No Mama's Boy. It's about my life, and again, folks, never judge a book by its cover, ever, ever, ever. Let's go to Stan in Forest Hills. Good morning, Stan. What's on your mind? Hi, my friend. Dominic, uh, this is not you, what happened here. You, your mother did not put you in the sink and drown you. This is not you. This is this is a woman who had problems. Uh, Stan, but but you, but, but, but wait, wait, Stan, but wait, 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 but Stan, it's not you, you, D. It's Stan, not you. Stan, you're talking about something that you don't know. You don't know my personal situation. You not don't you, know. D. You don't know, Stan. I know based on thing. my mother's well, psychiatric records. Did you? Right, let's ask Stan, the let me did just. Your mother tried. Did she what? Did, she did what? your mother try to kill you at any time? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Stan, you don't know the facts. Well, I have to ask the question. Then I can understand the other right, situation. Right, but, but what I, I'm just, I don't want to go into all I know, into I, the I book, and, and it's, sure. not, no, it's, not a, it's not about me. I know, but, I know. But, but, but why do you think I was removed from her custody I, I as a toddler? I maybe abuse or something. I didn't think she tried Heavy to Heavy abuse, you. where she tried to choke me several times. Okay. Uh, and, okay. and my crying Please started, started I neighbors. Yes, but, but if I'm saying to you, Stan, that I feel uh, that this situation is too close to home for me, then maybe you should take a step back and say, why is Dominic stating these things? But please continue. So now I know, and I'll take a step. But here's the thing. Where was, the, in any way, where was medic, the welfare department to get the kids away from her? How come that nobody, you know, if she was so bad shape and she kept to move all the time for rent, where was the city? Child uh, services, somewhere, I, nowhere. I, I, Stan, I agree with you. I don't mean to um, attack. No, I, I don't mean to attack the child care workers. But have you seen some of these ACS workers? I know, I know. I've heard what you're saying. I so you're I mean, it, it's it's just really it's a so tough, terrible. It's, it's so a sad. tough, it's a tough situation. It's so sad. So what's going to happen to her? Will she get? She be put away, or she be put? And if she's put in a mental hospital, will they release her? <laughs> the way things are. I mean, what do you think? Well, it's too high profile in a public manner. She will not be released. But um, but but we'll see. Stan, right. I, I thank you for the call as always. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go to Steve in Queens. Good morning, Steve. What's on your mind? Hi, yes, good morning. Um, I just wanted to state that I definitely feel that this, you know, there's too much going on with the statues and the, you know, fear to say black. It's going to implode. It's going to uh, backfire. I think a lot of it is not coming from actual black people, but I guess it's people that are feeling guilty. And they want a little bit of fame, so they want to try to see if they can attack this and attack that. But it's really not in a positive manner or something that's going to help black people or the race move forward. Um, Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. You know, saying that, there's a lot of um, talk about Black Friday and that Black Friday amongst a lot of the black communities feel that Black Friday is a negative thing, that it was a day after Thanksgiving, that after Thanksgiving, that a lot of the slave owners 
actually went to the marketplace to trade off and to sell or buy slaves. So besides that, that would be a negative thing attached to it. But all of these canceling of the statues and the days, besides the Confederate flag, which I consider to be the Southern swastika, leave everything else alone. Right. Well, all all I can tell you, Steve, and I, I thank you for the call. If you're going to, if a person is going to say something is racism or racist, please, please, please make sure you got the facts on your side. I mean, to to say that Chick-fil-A is racist because they use the term your community as it relates to chicken, you can't prove the intent of what was meant by the statement. And every corporate company will use the term your community. And for the mayor of New Orleans, an African-American woman looking at a recall effort to say she's not going to reimburse the city because she upgraded on flights. And Madam Mayor says that she upgraded the flights to first class or business class despite city policy after she insisted it was for her safety as a black woman? What does a black woman have to do with being in business class or first class? Somebody please tell me, because I don't know how two and two equals four in this situation. It is time for a break. When we come back, we're going to Brooklyn, the Rockaways, Manhattan, Los Angeles, New Jersey, the Bronx, and Kentucky. This Saturday and Sunday, September 17th and the 18th, the Staten Island Ferry Hawks are recognizing their fans with Fan Appreciation Night prior to the Ferry Hawks game Saturday against the Long Island Ducks. Kids get to run the bases and following the game, stay for the fireworks show. Then on Sunday, get team autographs and kids run the bases following that game. Be the seventh caller right now at 800-848-WABC. You win a pair of tickets to either the Saturday or Sunday Ferry Hawks game. It's a great experience and celebrate fan appreciation night. 800-848-9222, and a pair of tickets to Saturday or Sunday's game are yours. For more chances to win tickets to the Ferry Hawks game, game this weekend, go to WABCradio.com, Ferry Hawks, and we are going to take a break. Coming up in about 15 minutes, I am waiting for this. My daughter, Courtney, is going to join me For the first time uh, via telephone uh, in a broadcast setting, she'll be uh, calling in from from Rhode Island. And I'm going to talk to her mainly about being a parent, a parent of young children post-COVID and also her new kids book. I'll be right back with your telephone calls. They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light city life, I gotta make it. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And we are going right back to the telephone calls. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go to Mark in Kentucky. Good morning, Mark. What's on your mind? What's up, Dominic? Two things I want to say. Dominic, he needs his own show because he tells every every announcer in in the night stand is his thing. And I played at a basketball team. And uh, I can't say the name of it, but I was the only white boy on the team. And they used that word constantly. It was constant. Mm-hmm. This, 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 this. I'm like, stop. And they laughed at me when I said that. Now, right. you remember a couple months ago, my best friend coming to see me yes. at my house. Remember yes. that? Yeah, you told me, told us about the incident. Yes, I, I, I did everything I could to get him clothes, meals, my wife, everything, and I drove him about thirty minutes behind the hold. And he says, "You are a hillbilly racist." 
Mm-hmm. And, well, why? He said, because you listen to Fox News. Right. Well, people, hey, Mark, I hear you, and I thank you for the call. You know, unfortunately, that that's the world that we live in uh, these days, where, you know, somebody may watch um, MSNBC or CNN or Fox, and others will will describe that person based on simply who you're watching uh, in terms of receiving your your information. It really is unfortunate. Let's go to David in Los Angeles. Good morning, David. What's on your mind? Yes, uh, regarding the Chick-fil-A story, which I find hilarious, there's a woke black movement that just can't wait to hop on something racist like this. But here's what I want to ask you, Dominic. Doesn't the black community call themselves the black community? So I don't think there's a problem with saying your community. I think the issue is that Chick-fil-A stereotyped by saying, well, gee, just because you one black person like spicy chicken, you know, all black people want to know about it. But that's not but that's not what they said, David. They just said your community. That's it. They, they, right. They've used that reference to in different communities. They said your community will be first to know when we add the spicy chicken nuggets. Right. In other words, like, yeah, the whole black community wants the no. spicy chicken nuggets. No, no, no. no. That's what I, I just looked up the story. That's what it says. Right. No, I, 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 I know that's what it says. But what I'm saying, David, and I, I really appreciate the call, my friend. What I'm stating is that uh, Chick-fil-A have used that same exact quote with different items as it relates to different communities. That that are not um, uh, African American, but but I hear you and thank you for the call. Let's go to Rob in New Jersey. Good morning, Rob. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Yes. Uh, well, you know, first of all, that's the story that I I had no idea that your you had a past like that, and we, of course we don't want to open that back up again. But oh my God, that that's unbelievable. I can't thank God that you made it out the way you did. But. Um, this madness that goes on in this country these days, um, it is, it's been given a name. Uh, there was a show, uh, you know, uh, Tucker did a show the other day on uh, Fox Nation, and everybody should see this. There's a, a professor, and he's talking about this, what's referred to as mass formation psychosis, and it explains what is going on, what's causing people to become so crazy where they support these ideas where, you know, logical people like you or I would look at ourselves and look at each other and say, what is wrong with these people? And in some cases, these are people you went to school with, their family members you grew up, and when you hear their, their ideology that they support, the political ideology they support, you got to wonder, is this the same person I grew up with, or did, is this like the invasion of the body snatches where their minds have been abducted by an alien or something? So I think that these people have to be made aware of this mass formation psychosis, which is no better way than to watch this particular um, video. There's many of them out there, but you can't get it on Google, by the way. Uh, YouTube will show you a few, but probably Rumble is better. And, and you'll see what these this doctor and this professor are talking about. It, they're not you know, guessing that maybe this is a thing. This is definitely a thing, and it's happened in the past in Nazi Germany and the Bolsheviks and all of these communist takeovers of the country where they hypnotize a society using a, a very diabolical system to take over people's minds, and they make them believe in, in, in madness because underneath it all, the people are just profoundly lonely, and anything that creates unity they cling to, and that's how they begin this process of hypnosis that gets people believing in, in madness, essentially, that's okay. going on on the list. Well, well yeah. Rob, I, I appreciate your call, and uh, madness is certainly a term that, uh, that I would use. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Let's say good morning to Dave. Good morning, Dave. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dom. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I think this whole this, these uh, loosely used I guess are accused of terms or accusation of racism is, is very demeaning to what the real meaning of racism is. And, um, you know, and it's an insult to the legacy of what of those who suffered real hardships under racism. And um, that's just one thing I just, when we hear, hear this being bantered about so often and so loosely, that's what comes to my mind. And uh, with regards to Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A has always been a target from the liberal left because they're they're a bit Christian based. They believe yes. in Sundays, you know. And yes, I think that's probably why there's a lot of hate being made about Chick-fil-A in this 
like you like you brought up, it's a a, a very um, you know it's a nonsense issue practically. Mm-hmm. So so maybe Dave, and I thank you for the call. Maybe that's why I'm not a uh, a successful businessman because facing these allegations, I would say you could kiss. Literally, that would be my response in this Chick-fil-A uh, situation. Let's go to Tom in the Bronx. Good morning, Tom. What's on your mind? Hey. <clears throat> How are you? I'd like to say that the story about the Chick-fil-A and the mayor uh, come out of New Orleans, both of these stories, but they're not, they're not cohesive. One doesn't fit into the other. So to speak, when I heard you talking, I thought maybe the, I thought maybe the mayor was saying, "Let's pay money for the Chick Fil A story." But then I realized it was no, for Tom, the airline. Tom, I, I thank you for the call. Please get some rest. Let's uh, let's uh, let's go to let's see, let's go to LQ in the Bronx. Good morning, LQ. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning, uh, um, Dominic. I'm sorry to hear that, you know, you had to mention that something that you didn't want to mention, and you, you only you understand. That's between you and God. But uh, um, now we, everybody know, basically knows. Um, my point is that I used to work with, in Coney Island for years. They have a police station right in the subway. There is no cameras around that, that they couldn't see this lady go on the the beach, and she had to look strange. Nobody knows her. I think the family um, is not going to bring them children back, but they got an enormous uh, lawsuit that they could go against this, you know, transit and the city. You know, it's, it's sad. And as far as Chick-fil-A is concerned, that's ridiculous. They say it's a Chick-fil-A in every community. They didn't mention it, you know, it's got to be this, you know, it's it's silly. Well, LQ, I thank you for the call. You made some uh, great points there. I am going to take a break, and time permitting, we will be going back to your calls. But standing by on the line happens to be someone that's very special to me. We're going to take a break. Standing by with us from Rhode Island is my daughter, Courtney Carter de Jesus, And when we come back, I'm going to talk to her about being a parent to young children with the education system post-COVID. But I'm also going to, and I promise you folks, I'm going to ask her a few direct questions. One, I'm going to ask her, a lot has been said about Donald Trump. She's never talked about this publicly. I'm going to ask about the time that Trump called her up at Syracuse University directly when she was in her freshman year and wished her success in her academic studies and tried to reassure her. I didn't know he was going to call, but he did. I'm going to ask her about that, but I'm also going to ask Courtney a few questions, direct questions. Like, for example, what would her mom and I do if, if her brother or her ever used the N-word? How would her parents respond if her brother ever wore jeans halfway down his backside? And what would we do if she or her brother were ever disrespectful to a police officer? The answers are coming up. WABC. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. Highlighting stories that hit close to home, from your borough to your dinner table, this is Carter Cares. In our Dominic Carter Cares segment, the school year started recently. Joining me tonight for the very first time in a broadcast, my daughter, Courtney Carter de Jesus, a married mom of two children, who happens to be the mom of my grandkids that Grandpa got to see this weekend, Carter and Eva. 
Eva is the star of Courtney's brand new children's book, Eva the Kid Reporter. Courtney, thank you for joining us. Hi, pleasure to be here, Dad. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Does it feel a little weird chatting with your dad in this capacity? Yeah, I guess it does. But, you know, you've always been in, you know, in broadcast, so... I guess I've gotten used to it, but yes, it is like someone's recording our private phone conversation. <laughs> so talk to us about, about we're going to get into the book, but you're a mom of two kids who happens to be my grandkids. Talk to, to us about what it's like as a parent with this new school year. Oh, man, it's been a, a crazy two years with COVID, as I'm sure everyone knows, and it's back to school season, and as a parent, it's like you said, it's the first time in two years that kids are back to the new normal. You know, the new normal is after COVID, and of course, we know COVID still exists and is still going around, but my kids, um, their school experience is totally different from before COVID, March 2020, to what it is now. So we're just trying to get back into the swing of things, and I'm sure a lot of parents are too. And so th- this are things back to normal from what you can tell thus far with the school system, or is this going to be the new normal? I think it's the new normal, right? I don't think any of us are the same after COVID. You know, we were in lockdown and quarantine, and uh, a lot of things changed for all of us. So I don't think there is any uh, what it used to be. So it's always going to be the new normal. Um, And then a lot of that in-person learning and all the things that the kids learned, it was a race. We were at home for two years but parents that all of a sudden were working but also became teachers like myself. So a lot of the kids lost a lot of in-person learning and were just trying to catch up and figure it out. So now, is it true that this is really the first time in two years that kids are back to school? Yeah, so the um, year 2020, they were all at home. Um, It was like time was frozen. If you go into their classroom, they were told, I don't know if you remember, that they'd be out of school for about a week or two when COVID first happened. Uh, they didn't go back until a year and a half later in person. So they were at home um, for either full-time five days a week or at least three to four days once um, like 2021 rolled around. They had hybrid learning, but they haven't been back in the classroom full-time since March of 2021. Wow. Courtney, how tough was it being a parent in the age of COVID? Oh, it's very tough, and we're still trying to figure it out because, as we mentioned, there's no more normal, right? It's the new normal, as we keep hearing that term, but it's true. Uh, You know, even with my daughter and her daycare, the hours were shortened due to COVID, so there used to be longer hours going until 6, 6.30. Now parents have to rush out of work and get their kids by 5, 5.30, and you can't drop them off as early in the morning. It's all new restrictions. You can't just walk in anymore. And so, you know, everything everything is different. My kids were sent home all the time because they were considered close contact with someone that may have had COVID, and they'll be home for a week at a time each. So they missed a lot, a lot of school. So we're still figuring it out. Interesting, very interesting. So you just wrote a kid's book, Eva, the, the, the Kid Reporter. Why Why did you write the book? Yeah, so my son, as I mentioned, was home with me for basically all of quarantine. So I was working as a reporter. I was sitting at my dining room table filing reports, going live from my kitchen table. It was a very unique experience going live from my patio. And he was home with me, you know, doing homework, reading a lot. And so we read a lot of children's books, and it it helped us to kind of bond together to get out of that boredom routine of being in quarantine. So with all of that, and how I saw that he loved to read, I decided to write my first children's book. So that's where I'm at now with Eva the Kid Reporter. And and you focused on, on journalism. Why journalism? Yeah, so um, this is inspired by myself and my daughter because, as you can attest, Dad, I was a very curious child that asked a ton of questions um, about everything from what why is the sky blue was my favorite question, if you remember that. So there are a lot of curious kids out there, and it just kind of sparked in me that, you know, a lot of kids kind of get silenced sometimes from asking questions, you know, by their teachers, their babysitters in class, they're told to be quiet, but they're just trying to figure out the world around them. So I said, let's put that 
into one girl, my daughter, who has so much energy, as as you know, as her grandpa, and uh, just kind of go into the journalism world and show people what, you know, what I did and how I used my curiosity and made a career out of it. So that's where I'm at now, and the book is actually available for pre-ordering. You can go to kickstarter.com and put in my name, Courtney Carter de Jesus. It'll pop right up. It's also on Amazon, and it's on evathekidreporter.com. And and so yes, I I did see it myself on Amazon. And you just mentioned Kickstarter.com. Call that old, but what exactly is that? Is is that like a uh, a GoFundMe where it helps with marketing costs and stuff like that? Yes, yes. Well, you are old, but you aside, I'm going to explain it to everybody else. It's a fundraising site online. Yes, like GoFundMe. So at least you know that one. That's good. Um, but this helps people get support for their creative projects. So it's just like GoFundMe, but it's for a creative project. Okay, fair fair enough. So, you uh, folks, if you're just joining us for the very first time ever in a broadcast setting, I'm chatting with my daughter, Courtney Carter de Jesus, the mom of my two grandkids. Courtney, you've been around politics all your life in, in a public and private setting. You've been around entertainers like Michael Jackson in a private setting. You've been around uh, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer, Hillary Clinton, uh, uh, former President Trump. Uh, you've been in Dad's dressing room as I moderated general election debates for mayor of New York City. You have never told the story publicly, to my knowledge, of one of the famous telephone calls you received. Tell us about it. Oh, okay, that that phone call. So, yes, that would be uh, getting a call from uh, the president, and that was that was very cool. It was President Trump. He called me. I was sitting in my dorm room, and uh, just it's not a call you expect to get every day. I'll say that it was a very unique experience and it was him on the phone. No one transferred me to him. No one said, Hey, hold on. It's, it's you know, the president, he called me himself and just said, Hey, Courtney, how are you? And I said, who is this? And he said, this is Donald Trump. So it was a, a very interesting experience. It was very uh, kind of him to call personally. And, and to this day, do we know he just was calling to check up on you in school? Did he wish you well at Syracuse university? Yeah, he wished me well, and at the time I was doing pageants um, as well. And bringing it back to the book, I was told that pageants uh, were good if you wanted to be a reporter because it helped you with your stage presence. Um, and it ended up that that being true. A lot of uh, female reporters and anchors like Diane Sawyer and Oprah Winfrey all started out in pageants. So um, he owned the Miss Universe pageant, which I was participating in, and he called me to say good luck and to see how I was doing in school and how the pageant was going. Interesting. So I'm curious. I just want to ask this question of you. Why do you think our politics in this country are so divided? Uh, Do you mean in our family or in the country? No, 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 (laughs) not our family, the country. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I think there are just so many issues right now to be divided on. Um, And I think that things have become very extreme on both sides. That's, you know, the left or the right. Um, and when you add that into what's going on with a with COVID and all these restrictions in schools and vaccinations, there's so many things to discuss and be, you know, be passionate about that you're either for the left or for the right. And there seems to be no middle ground anymore. So I think there's just so many things to be divided about as a country right now. So let, let me put this question to you. Um, and, and then I want to speak to my grandson for a hot second. But how would mom and I would have have reacted if we ever heard you or your brother use the N-word? Oh, (laughs) wow. Um, That, I don't, that's never happened. Um, I I don't think that it would, I'll say this, it wouldn't be a very good reaction at all. Okay. We don't don't use that word itself. How would you, how would your mom or and I react if we ever saw your brother walking around with his jeans hanging down off his backside? Oh, I mean, as far as I remember, we had that conversation before anything, you know, he got older and we said, you know, that's just not not acceptable. Um, So that's not something that me or or Dominic ever did. You know, we always dressed properly and dressed the way uh, we wanted to be treated, which is to have respect and be respected. So uh, we were just 
you know, guided in the right direction. And we've never had an issue in terms of dressing that way. But you guys would have not been too fond of that. And and how would we react if we were ever told by the police that you or your brother had talked back to them or been disrespectful? Well, you know, police are authority figures, right? So we were always taught as young kids to respect your authority figures, whether that's, you know, a teacher or a police officer um, or, you know, the principal of your high school, anyone. So, um, it, again, it wouldn't have been a good conversation if we would have shown disrespect. We were taught to respect our authority figures, and that's what we did. So, Well, Courtney, I, I really want to thank you for uh, joining us. I'll have to save the conversation for my grandson, Carter, another time, because as usual, Dad is almost completely out of time. And, folks, we see your telephone calls. I see a few of you want to speak with my daughter, but we're short on time. And right now I have to bring in my colleague, Frank Morano, the other side of midnight. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Dominic. Congratulations to you and your daughter on uh, well, the new you. book. I mentioned to you off air just yesterday I'm going to be buying that book for uh, no, Young you're not. Carmine. No, you're not. You're not. You're not buying anything. No. But, well, uh, but... then I will happily accept a, <laughs> there a you gifted go. copy. There, there you go. There you go. And I, I can't wait until Carmine gets a little older and I'm invited to his first uh, Little League baseball game and and, and to watch him grow up Hopefully and become a young man. plays ball and, better than his father does. <laughs> better than both of them. <laughs> exactly. I don't think that's a tough chore, to be honest. Uh, but uh, uh, congratulations to Courtney. Absolutely. That's a great accomplishment. And um, we had a great show for folks today. We're going to talk about all things ranging from uh, politics to the Emmys to pro wrestling. John Arezzi, who's a, an expert who's worked in baseball, who's worked in music, who's worked in pro wrestling, he's going to join me in about a half hour to name some names and tell some stories from behind the squared circle. And uh, our friend Obi Murray is going to join me in studio for the next few hours to analyze some of the political news of the day. You, you do know, I, I think I am the biggest fan of Obi Murray. Really? Yes. Well, he, he is a really, really great guy. He certainly is, but we don't want to tell him that. We don't want to give him the swell head. <laughs> Let me go uh, to the phones here. Patrice in Brooklyn, good morning. What's on your mind? Oh, hi, Dominic. I wanted to congratulate you, uh, you know, by your daughter being a new author. My daughter, Hadia, is a new author also. Congratulations, so congratulations to your daughter. You, okay? How does it feel? It, it feels wonderful as a mother, you know, and as, as a father. Uh, you know, well, it, as a mother, it feels wonderful to know that um, she has arrived, so to speak, as an author. And how old is your daughter? Excuse me? How old is your daughter? Uh, or, or age range? I'm, I, I'm not. The range is um, she's uh, she's over 30. Okay. Okay. Well, and one more, <laughs> one more time because I'm almost out of time. What's the name of your daughter's book? Her her book is Even If. Okay, it, even if. It, it gives hope. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Christian book that gives hope okay. to people who are feeling kind of lost. And, and we certainly need that these days, Patrice. We thank you for the call. Good luck to your daughter. You want to keep it right there, folks. Frank Morano's coming up right now. Talk Radio 77 WABC.